last week on Corbin versus the World. I don't sleep. My secret weapon is this cool energy drink, Power Boom, and it's awesome. Pass me my Power Boom. Are you sure? This is your third can. It tastes kind of like radioactive waste. You drank all of it. God damn it! Boss, I am detecting an erratic heartbeat. Whoa, I can only see in black and white now. That's really interesting. Thank you for calling Boom Corporation. Can I have Boom Poison Control, please? And now, our hero is on the way to the doctor. Will he survive? Or has Power Boom claimed another victim? Find out this week on Corbin vs. The World. Um, the doctor will be with you in just a minute. Please have a seat. Okay. Are you Mr. Alba? Oh, please, uh, call me Corbin. Mr. is super weird. Are you my doctor? That's what it says on the lab coat. So, like, it says on your chart that you've been experiencing uncontrollable tremors, hot flashes, insomnia, and, uh, um, and also, I don't know if the nurse mentioned this, but um, I have been farting like a lot since I walked in here. Yeah, so I was going to say you have an aggravated gastrointestinal system, but that also works, I suppose. Like, seriously, you should have heard it while you were gone. I've had to hold it in while, while the nurse was gone, and I thought I was going to explode before you came in. Like, uh, there were going to be like little pieces of me all yeah, over. Hey, thank you. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I've been looking at your chart. And it says that... Okay, so you don't have to say it. I've kind of been preparing myself for this. I think I have Parvo. Parvo? Like the dog's disease? Okay, it's dog disease, but I think humans can get it too. What? Who? How and why did you come to that conclusion? Well, I was doing some late night Googling, and I've also watched this episode of House where someone gets bird flu and okay, it jumps I, from so birds I'm just going to stop you. I'm going to stop you right there. Just don't don't do that. Don't do what, that. Use Google. Are you like one of those Ask Jeeves guys? Oh my god. Okay. So <clears throat> I was looking at your chart, and I just have a couple of questions. Shoot. Have you made any big adjustments to your diet or sleeping patterns in the last few weeks? Mm, diet, not so much, and sleep. I have not been sleeping. Uh, so I guess other than that, no. Okay, so have you traveled anywhere new recently? Ooh, I went to TGI Fridays last week. I have never been, actually, believe it or not, but I heard really good things about their mozzarella sticks, and I tried that okay, out, and it was so super... not really. Mm. Not, uh, not really. Sorry, okay. could I, I, I... I didn't mean to cut you off, but could I run to the bathroom really fast? I, like, chugged my power poom before I came in, and it is running right through me like the Zambezi River. It's down the hall, and... Wait... Did you say Power Poom? Yeah, Power Poom. It's like my new favorite drink, especially the Murderberry flavor. Power Poom. Ooh, uh, can you sit down for a minute and, and take off your shirt? Um, okay then. <laughs> Whoa, what's that you got there? It's a stethoscope. Have you never seen one of these before? No. Mm-hmm. Mr. Albo, your heart is currently beating at 200 beats per minute. Is that bad? The average is 80 beats per minute. Oh, I see. 
Exactly. How much power plume do you consume on a daily basis? Um, quick math this is my third or fourth, like six, usually six average day, maybe seven. I can do 10 if it's a weekend and I'm trying to get a lot done that day. Holy shit. What is that a lot? Yeah. First of all, yeah. Yes. Yes. There are 700 milligrams of caffeine in a single can. And secondly, you are aware that power poom is illegal in at least 20 different countries, right? What? Really? Is that? Oh, you know, that that's why they have the skull and the crossbones on the can. That uh-huh. makes sense now. Yeah. yeah, it's I mean, it's basically meth mm-hmm. like on a chemical level meth. Mm-hmm. So the recommended serving size is one quarter of a can. OK, well, that's dumb. Because why, why don't they just make the can smaller? You can take that up with the company. They're currently dealing with a huge multi-million dollar lawsuit from a guy in Brussels who drank a six-pack and set a church on fire. Okay, actually, you say that, and this is all making a lot of sense, because when I was on the way over here, some guy honked at me, and I spent like 10 minutes thinking about how much I wanted to set his car on fire. So that that makes a lot of sense. Rico, why didn't you warn me about any of this? It seemed to make you happy. I didn't want to interfere. Oh my god, it talks. What? You've never seen a foot massaging talking robot that also records podcasts? <laughs> okay, dude. What university did you go to? Uh, a good one. So I'm just going to be blunt with you. You're having these issues because of your power poom addiction. I'm actually shocked that you're alive right now. Well, I do have a strong constitution. I got it from my uncle Cletus. You don't inherit genetics from your uncles. What? Anyway. You need to stop drinking power poom. It's like pretty much right now. Like, okay, well, that's easy for you now. to say. But what, what am I going to do with the case I have in my car and the case in my house and the backup case in my studio? You use it on your car. It can double as fuel. Oh, well, that's handy, at least. I'm glad that that's your immediate reaction. So why were you drinking so much? Well, it's kind of a long story, but I'm a podcaster. And that keeps me pretty busy on a daily basis. And I've been trying to juggle that with the screenplay that I've been writing. And I'm really excited about it. And I guess I've just been burning my candle at both ends, trying to get it done. And it just seemed like the easiest solution, question mark, I guess. A screenplay? You said that's interesting. Is it any good? It's the greatest screenplay I've ever read in my entire existence. It's better than Fargo. I thank you, Rico. Yeah, see, you you heard him. It's it's pretty good, I think. Well, <clears throat> this is a bit unorthodox, but my brother just so happens to be a producer for the film industry. No shit. Yes. Shit. <laughs> uh, d- mm. Here's his card. I'll give him a call as long as he promise to lay off the power pool. Okay, that sounds fair-ish. You have my word as a former Boy Scout. Okay, it's a deal, Scout's Honor, yay. You can let yourself out. I have to go tell the guy next door that he's dying of rabies. Ooh, that's rough. I know. All right, well, uh, do what you gotta do. Thanks a lot for your time, Doc. I will see you later. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're, <laughs> you're right. Have, have fun with the, the rabies thing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope he doesn't mind that we recorded him for the show. I hope that doesn't break any laws. Anyway, thanks a lot for tagging along, Rico. I needed the emotional support. Can you give me my power boom now? No, fuck no. What do you mean, no? You promised the doctor you wouldn't drink anymore. 
It is my job to massage your feet and hold you accountable. Ah, damn it. You're right. That's why you're my best friend in the whole world, Rico. Let's go home. Also, play some tunes for the people back home. You bet.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. I am back in the studio. Never you fear. I am still your healthy and hale hero. Corbin David Albaugh here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You just got done hearing the song Future Politics by the band Austra out of Canada, wonderful land up north. That was off of their 2017 album of the same name. Next, we had the song The Disco by the group Truces. A lot of double letters there. Tried to pronounce them as best I can. That's a fun little electronic boppity bop that's guaranteed to get stuck in your head. I changed into my leisure suit and out of my leisure suit while the song was going on in honor of the name. That's off their self-titled debut that came out a couple years ago during the 2020 experience. So hopefully more great stuff from them is hoped for in the future times. And finally, we had an exciting new group called Simon Spine. That's Psy, spelled like psychic, like TV psychic, like Miss Cleo the TV psychic, just to be clear on proper spelling. They're out of Brooklyn, and that song was called Milk off their album from last year called Charismatic Mega Fauna. If you dig on that song, there is a swell remix for it that's done by Joe Goddard from the UK group Hot Chip. Shout out, you older millennials. So, as I said, I have gotten back to the studio from the doctor's office after that wonderful musical break. Hope you enjoyed it. And I just want to take this time to clear any anxiety from you, gentle listener. There is no need for you to panic on behalf of me because I am doing the response thing. I'm going to follow the doctor's orders. I'm going to follow my good scout's honor word. I have got Rico in the studio bathroom right now, flushing all of that power poom down the toilet. The studio poom, the car poom, the home poom, all of it. Poom, poom, gone, gone, boom, boom, bye, bye. No more poom. All of it gone, except for, except for this last can. Okay. Last can that I saved. And don't worry. Don't worry. You don't need to worry because here's the thing. While I was rolling back, I did look up uh, possible withdrawal symptoms from going off of Power Poon Cold Turkey. And apparently, I have not got a great uh, next few days to look forward to. I think stuff about like fever, chills, nausea, uh, insomnia, possible hallucinations. Although I was hallucinating while I was drinking a lot of it. So I don't know how that works both ways. But, you know, it's just it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. And so my game plan is to maintain my stability throughout this episode because I believe in giving you the quality Corbin versus the world experience. I'm going to truck through this. I'm going to manage this last power poon can in moderation like a responsible person. But after that, done. Gone. Cold turkey. No more. Free and clear because you can never be too careful when it comes to your health. Handy dandy pro tip, because by my estimation, we still have at least another decade or so before we can upload our consciousness to the Elon Musk iRobots. And so I got to take care of this flesh car while the going is still good. But before that, that's good stuff. And you know what, guys? 
I'm going to try and think of this positively. I'm not going to go down into a shame spiral about this. I'm not going to feel bad. I'm not going to feel any kind of anxiety because you know what? It's going to be positivity that gets me through this. I could be upset that my company is selling a product that's a liquid amphetamine and according to my research is responsible for 11 fatalities. But instead, I'm going to count my many universal blessings by the fact that I have a super smart doctor who showed me the error of my ways and bonus, he sent me up with a sick business card with some networking opportunity. So I'm going to send that producer an email so that way I can get some traction on my screenplay during the next musical break. So you know what? I will take the good with the bad. That's how the universe goes for me. So let's focus on other things for the right here, right now. Let's have a show. So I guess the main thing that went on this week was the whole drama of Elon Musk trying to acquire Twitter. I don't know where we are exactly in that whole succession era plotline. Very dramatic. A lot of feelings going on around it. And I apologize, but I'm fairly tepid on the whole thing because in the I try not to stay plugged in with the whole social media drama verse. And I actually attribute the fact that I survived my power poom encounters by the fact that I keep my blood pressure relatively low by not indulging in the social medias. But it's kind of a big story right now. I feel like it would be a disservice on my end to not talk about it a little bit. If I have any really strong feelings about it at all, it's maybe the fact that I feel like Elon could have spent his money a little bit better, like maybe resurrecting an old social media giant than everyone misses, or at least me, like maybe MySpace, because I feel like that would have been an actual curveball for the universe that everyone could enjoy. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a MySpace truther, and that's right, I'll admit it, I will own it on this show, enough time has passed by that I feel like I can finally be open about my feelings. I think that MySpace gets a bad rep from my generation, but why? Because it was the Wild West of the internet, because we associate it with our cringy junior high, high school times when we could just vomit our electronic id all over it. Like, sorry, Becky, it's not my fault that you had a Lisa Frank profile layout with unicorns and a Rascal Flatts profile song. That was your choice. You should own that. Learn to live with your cringe and accept it into your soul instead of denying it. And MySpace held that space for us. It was like the Snape of our generation. We always think of it like the terrible, awful, worst thing, but it was secretly trying to save us from all the other evil social media, like Twitter's attention whoring, and the fact that MySpace was actually evil corp from Mr. Robot. And that was probably the appeal of Facebook over MySpace, because MySpace, it gave us too much freedom. We could do whatever we wanted. We could put meme songs. We could put ugly layouts. We could do whatever we wanted. But Facebook, it calmed us down. It gave us these five boxes and they were like, pick these five interests. You only get five. Here's a picture. That's all you get. And it was very low maintenance so we could handle that. But I feel like we resent the freedom that MySpace gave. And the thing is, I'll own this on the show. I wish that I could live just for a little bit, pulling everything everywhere all at once and live in the world where MySpace actually beat Facebook and is still the Tyrannosaurus Rex of social media. Because it Imagine all of the beautiful drama that you could get out of the concept of the MySpace top eight alone. Can you imagine the hours and hours of speculation that it would take on different news programs? 
arms over the fact that Kanye West moved Kid Cudi out of his top eight and replaced him with Antonio Brown, or that Donald Trump changed his profile song from Rascal Flats to Kid Rock. It would be a sensation. That would be the kind of universe that I would like to inhabit. It'd be great. Also, side note, just trying to stay with the positive things in the universe, made a passing reference to the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later, but I just want to say, if you get the chance, please make it a priority to go see it. Wonderful movie, highlight of my week, highlight of my month, possibly highlight of my year, seeing that in theaters. It's got everything you could possibly want in a movie, kung fu battles, multiverse jumping, overcoming generational trauma, Jamie Lee Curtis with hot dog fingers. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Wonderful stuff. Speaking of wonderful stuff, Rico's back. Hey, Rico, how's the bathroom? The toilets are destroyed. There's power boom everywhere. The what now? It's like sulfuric acid. Oh, God damn it. Are you shitting me? I'm not. It is a mess. Would you like me to call the boss? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Just here, take some of these poom towels now and do your best. I will call a plumber. Fuck, we're still on. Okay. Uh, here's more tunes. This is this is someone for you by Warm Soda.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world, where we are very excited to see Bjork be a Swedish witch in the North Man. Got movies on the brain over here. You just got done hearing Someone for You by the group Warm Soda doing their best impression of the early strokes. That was off their 2014 album called Young Reckless Hearts. What a debonair album title there. Next, we had Stoner Surf Guitar Rock Elemental King Tough, T-U-F-F, and his track, Eddie's Song, off his excellent Black Moon Spell album. If you listen to that album five times in a row, you get a free hacky sack and a gift card to Chiba Hut. And finally, we had the criminally underrated band, The Sidekicks, and their song, Jesus Christ Supermalls. Because Easter was this weekend, and I thought this would be the best and catchiest shout out to Jesus, other than playing something off of Jesus Christ Superstar. That was off their wonderful album called Runners in the Nerved World, but their most recent album came out in 2018. That's called Happiness Hours. Check them out. Good stuff. Great stuff there. So, during the break, called the plumber like a responsible person, and I emailed the film producer with the screenplay. Those were the productive things I did during that musical break. Hopefully you did some other things on your end, and hopefully I get some replies from both, mainly because the water from the toilets is starting to leak down onto some of the studio equipment, and I may have to pay for that out of whatever I make in the script advance, knock on wood, uh, to pay for all these studio repairs, because I'm already getting my paycheck garnished after the last time I destroyed the studio. Not that that was even my fault, but you know, sometimes life just isn't fair. But hey, let's talk about some other stuff, better stuff. Coachella went on this weekend. That's cool. You might not have known about that because you're poor and boring, but it's okay for me to say that because I'm also poor and boring. That's why I'm telling you this from the comfort of my air-conditioned studio and not some random tent with my cocaine dealer and a rapper named Quattro Ocho Gang Signs with face tattoos while we try to figure out what to do with our buddy who died of a drug overdose slash heat stroke. That's why. That's the universe I live in as it should be. I can't handle that stress anymore in my life, but I'm a little bummed, feeling a little FOMO as usual whenever big cultural events are happening and artists that I love are performing and I'm not immediately a part of seeing that. Carly Rae Jepsen, one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, played a set recently that included a new song called Western Wind, love alliteration there, which, provided my blood sacrifices to the music gods have proven fruitful, means that we may be on the cusp of a new Carly Rae Jepsen era, which would be good enough for me to forgive just about any other sin that this year might have in store for us. High gas prices, don't care. New Carly. War in Ukraine, don't care. New Carly. Microplastics making us all sterile. I don't care, sir. New Carly in the universe. Those are my priorities. No, I will not apologize. I'm not going to let the slings and arrows of the universe distract me from the return of one third of my musical holy trinity, the other thirds being Death Grips and the instrumental mix of Kenny G's cover of The Girl from Ipanema. I'm a man of very specific tastes. Other Coachella things. Arcade Fire showed up and did a surprise set to continue their hype tour to their hopefully wonderful new album. Brock Hampton, another one of my favorite groups who unfortunately announced that they are breaking up, but fortunately announced 
announced that they are making a breakup farewell album. So, hey, that works out. And I appreciate that they can bury the hatchet long enough to bring us beautiful things. Billie Eilish brought out Damon Albarn during her set. Damon Albarn, mastermind behind Gorillaz and Blur and all the good stuff like that. They did a cover of Feel Good Inc., which... Got to shout out Billie Eilish for being so inclusive to any old millennials in the audience who might be feeling that they're aging out of the zeitgeist. Get them included. And they couldn't make it to Danny Elfman's set because their knees were acting up. You have to show some respect to the elder millennials because there wouldn't be a Coachella without us. And sure, the musical landscape has changed a bit in the last couple decades. Used to be a celebration of indie rock, but that's because the cool kids listened to indie rock back then. And then Mumford and Son showed up with all their shitty banjos. And everyone's starting wearing flannel and everything jumped the shark and beards, blah, blah, blah. Suddenly, indie rock isn't king anymore. It happens. EDM had a little mini moment. But now Coachella is pop stars, hip hop, TikTok stuff reigning supreme while they're wearing supreme. A generation of cool kids giving way to a new generation of cool kids. That's what it represents. It's the circle of life. So I'm not bitter. We had our moment in the sun. We had our time. We walked with our skinny jeans and our PBR cans and our Parliament cigarettes so that the younger generation, they could run and TikTok dance and chug their hard seltzers on the beach. So that's why I choose to celebrate big events like Coachella and all their Instagram soaked excess. They provide a valuable service, a Snapchat snapshot showing us what's hip, what's cool, what's relevant to the right here, right now. Because the moment you stop paying attention, older millennials, listen up. The moment you stop paying attention, that's when you lose ground. You got to stay plugged in because if you don't, it's a slippery slope to your third binge watch of The Office and discussing murder podcasts with your new friends on LinkedIn. Don't be that guy. Don't do that. Do not want that. And you know what I do want? I want some new tunes. Let's hit it. This is a new track by the artist Shamir Marriage. Was all eyes on me from the attention I received. I didn't want it, couldn't submit to the damage. You were a friend of fresh air, though you could kill me with just a stare. I didn't want to. 
welcome back to Corbin versus the World. You just got done hearing a lovely triage of tracks there. First one was by the alternative pop artist Shamir off of their new album called Heterosexuality. Great album there. That track was called Marriage. And it's a nice album because you're seeing an artist in the middle of an artistic metamorphosis. Shamir started off their career doing a more straightforward indie pop R&B type deal, but has been moving into some darker, more experimental territory on this particular new album. So there's a good mix of complexity, intensity, and hooks there. So you should definitely check that out. Next, we had the group Airling and their airy, fairy, catchy, bouncy track called Not a Fighter. That track came out in 2017 and giving me some super strong Sylvan Esso vibes on that particular guy. And finally, wrapping that bad boy up, we had Cullen Amori. That's the name. He is the ex-frontman for the now-defunct indie guitar rock band called the Smith Westerns. You may have heard of them. And that was a wonderful, catchy track from him called Cinnamon. And it is just as sweet and spicy as the song title would suggest. Now that we're back and wrapping things up as I bring this episode to a close, I just want to bring things up on a quick little mini rant. And that's not just because I'm feeling very aggressive because of this big headache that burst into my cranium over our last musical break or the stomach cramps that are starting to set in or the gas or any of that other stuff. Thanks a lot, power boom. But I'm just going to settle up in front of my little microphone punching bag for one second while I get something off my chest. So like I mentioned earlier in the show, I went to go see the wonderful movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Great movie, great time, big cinematic achievement. Like I already said, loved it a lot. But something interesting did happen in the audience at the end of the movie, not with the movie itself, but with the audience. And I've seen this happen a few times in my movie going experience, but this was the most recent time it's happened and it's kind of fresh in my brain. So at the end of the movie, and I'll preface this by saying that it's not like there were only like a dozen people there. The movie theater was full, so it wasn't like it was just me and three guys in trench coats that were breathing really hard. A lot of people there. But when the credits rolled, a group of people in the audience got up and applauded, smacking their hands together in a big show of appreciation. They applauded the movie. Now, here's my question and the keystone of my rant. What is the point of applause? What is the point of clapping in a movie theater. At a sports event or a theatrical production, I get it. The people are there. The people that are there that are involved, they're there. You clap the hands together, you're saluting the actual physical people in the space that are doing the thing that you consider impressive. Get that. That's what applause is for. It's a signal that someone did a good job. But when you're applauding in a movie theater, this is my thing. When you're applauding in a movie theater, who is that for exactly? Is it for the ushers? who are just waiting for you to leave, to stop applauding and leave so that they can clean up all the dirty diapers and the M&M wrappers and the popcorn kernels so they can go back to hitting their vape pens outside? Is it the projectionist upstairs who just hit play on a laptop to start and stop the movie and is also hitting their dab pen outside? Is it for the projector itself? Is it for the movie screen? Is it for those inanimate objects? What? Who? Why? Those are my questions. And yeah, I get it. You like the movie. 
I like the movie too. I totally did. But I'm not going to be so egotistical that I'm going to stand up and applaud the movie like the directors, like Daniels, are just waiting in the wings with bated breath to see if the test audience liked it. No, they're thousands of miles away. They have no investment in what you currently are doing. At no point are the directors, the screenwriters, the actors, the cinematographer, the costumer, the best boy, the gaffer, none of the people that were actually involved with the actual making of the movie exist in the movie theater. So who is the applause for? You know who it's for. It's for you. It's for you to advertise to everyone else in the movie theater what a smart and empathetic person you are to have enjoyed the movie to such an extent that you have to smash your fleshy hands together. Don't do that. That's space alien behavior. Do you stand up and applaud Hulu or your streaming service when you've finished a particularly entertaining episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No. At no point is Andy Samberg going to look out through the TV and break the fourth wall and go, hey, thanks for the support, Dave. You're the reason we do this. And then fist pound you through the TV, not without the help of powerful psychedelics. Is that going to happen? Do you stand up and applaud after taking your first bite of a well-cooked burger at Red Robin? No, the cook can't see you. He's on his fourth rail of cocaine in the back and he's making sleazy comments to the night hostess. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit what you think. So why applaud? It's not for anyone other than yourself. You want to show appreciation for that movie? As soon as the end credits hit, this is what you do. You grab your shit and you go. You get out. If you feel really strongly positively about it, get on the internet and write a positive review. But you get out of that movie theater. You get out and race to your car so that the ushers, the actual humans in that space, can get in and clean the diapers and the candy wrappers so they can get the room turned over for the next herd of cattle that come in and they can go in the back and hit their dab pen in peace without anxiety. That's showing true appreciation for the space. And while I'm on the topic, same goes for a restaurant too. The wait staff does not care what you think. They don't want to have a long, in-depth conversation about what a life-changing meal you had and how it reminds you of your relatives and all that stuff. They don't give a shit. You are the thing. You are the flesh mannequin that they bring food and then tips come out. You are a cow, a money cow. You are cattle. Your enjoyment of the thing is utterly inconsequential to that particular universe. So, pro tip, just keep it to yourself. It's okay to feel good about it, but just keep your hands in your pockets unless they're doing the popcorn thing at the movie theater. So that is my old man mean-spirited rant for the week. Yes, I do feel strongly about these things. If you dig on this show, don't stand up and applaud because people will think you're schizophrenic if they're around you. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell perfect strangers about the show, but don't stand up and applaud. That's weird. So... Also, if you enjoy the show, check my socials on Instagram at Corbin versus the world. Check out our wonderful music stream on our wonderful parent website, loudspeaker.org. And don't forget that there's many more of these wonderful episodes that you can check out on our archives at Corbin versus the world.com. I am going to go lie down before these withdrawal symptoms actually kick in. Uh, we are going to go international with our closing song for tonight. This is a Dutch band called Alten Goon. That's a U with an umlaut like Poom. And they play some good old-fashioned, dirty, funky, psychedelic rock that is guaranteed to get your booty shaking. This is a track whose name I'm probably going to totally butcher here, but I don't care. 
The track is called Bodal Saba Omadan. And if I didn't say that right, I may have just summoned a Lovecraftian death god. In the meantime, at least you got this killer track to fill your time before the Mouths of Madness open up. My name is Corbin David Albaugh, your hero and your Mouth of Madness, bringing this plane down to a gentle drift back onto the runway. I will talk to you next week, Planeteers. Appreciate you.
This has been a listener-supported production of Loudspeaker Studios. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.org.